Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, It's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Jeff Ward. Jeff is the founder and president of Rhino Advantage, and I can't wait to have a chat with you, Jeff. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much, John. Uh, It's a joy being with you, and I look forward to it. It would be great just to start off if you could give our listeners a bit of an idea of who you are and what you do, where you're based, you know, those sort of things. Yes, I um, I live in 
Arizona, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, think of it as an eastern suburb of Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I grew up, uh, the first uh, half of my life, I grew up in Iowa, so a Midwesterner uh, in the United States, and uh, moved out to Arizona in 1983, uh, where I've done many different things, really. I had really an eclectic uh, uh, background since I've been out in Arizona. But um, a typical day for me right now, I'm very active on Zoom, connecting with uh, uh, leaders and potential leaders really all over the world, mostly in the United States and North America, but really all over the world, just looking uh, to expand our platform and network and uh, to connect with people that want to grow, uh, maybe create uh, uh, some additional income, uh, learn some uh, some various aspects of their own, uh, you know, to be become better leaders. And uh, so that's that's really how I uh, spend most of my day right now is helping people uh, um, uh, really analyze and think about what they need to to move forward in life, uh, create maybe more income, more time, uh, more freedom, and actually uh, uh, maybe even recognize or come to terms with what what it is they really want. So uh, that's that's how I that's how I spend my days, and. Uh, and uh, uh, it's really, really getting to know a lot of people. I, I, I compare it to Christmas morning every day when you, uh, uh, when I was a little kid growing up and you go out, you go into the living room under the Christmas tree, there'd be all these packages and you get to unwrap them and see what's inside. And so every day when I'm meeting new people, it, it feels like I'm opening up packages at Christmas. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a great picture. Um, so for our listeners to give a bit of an insight into your background, would love to hear some of your story. You know, what are those moments as you look back, even even to childhood, some of those moments that really shaped you becoming, uh, Jeff, you know, the leader and the person you are today? Well, it's a, that's really, a, a you know, a great question, a great, uh, a really interesting way to explore who I am. I haven't really given a lot of thought to that recently, but I, as I said, I grew up in Iowa and uh, my mother and father were both business owners. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them entrepreneurs, but they, they own their own business, small town, Iowa. And uh, so I grew up watching them uh, uh, go through their daily activities uh, in terms of trying to run their, their unique businesses or their individual businesses. And uh, uh, I, w- I always thought, you know, growing up that I was going to do something very, um, I guess, artistic is probably the word. I was always encouraged to draw and write. And uh, so I spent a lot of time doing both those things. And so uh, I felt like I was a little bit pushed maybe to become an artist someday of some kind, a commercial artist or fine artist, uh, maybe a writer even. And uh, so I, I, I remember I, I read a lot. I read a lot of books uh, very early on before I was 10. Uh, 10 or 11 years old, I'd, I'd read all of Shakespeare. Uh, I'd, I'd really gotten involved in that, read a lot of very uh, complex science fiction, like Isaac Asimov's Foundation Trilogy and Frank Herbert's Dune and a lot of Ray Bradbury, um, Arthur C. Clarke, uh, loved uh, complex science fiction and Shakespeare. So I spent a lot of time doing that. And I, I had kind of interesting childhood because I had a lot of uh, hay fever, asthma issues. My mother used to be overly protective, I think. It would keep me inside. And uh, so it allowed me to use my imagination, uh, read books, uh, do a lot of um, sketching, uh, artist-like activities. And uh, and then the typical, uh, I guess, little boy activities like, you know, play army, army man and GI Joes and, you know, collect comic books and that kind of thing. So that's, that's, that's kind of what my, my childhood was like. And then I think probably the one, maybe one of the interesting events growing up was uh, when I, uh, shortly after I was 16 years old, I had a very close uncle that passed away. Uh, He was in his, uh, he was in his late sixties, I think. And my mother suggested, and I remember I was 16 and uh, my mother suggested, why don't you go and uh, stay with Auntie for a while and help her? Now that now that Unc, we called him Unc, 
now, now that Unc is gone, she'll probably need your help. Needs maybe she could use your help, use your support. And I, I was all for that. <laughs> I went, I think I wanted to get out of the house. And uh, so I left home at 16 to, to uh, help support my aunt. And she lived in a two-story house. Uh, she gave me the upper floor. And so I was one of the few 16-year-olds that, that I knew that had my own apartment. <laughs> and uh, and I, went to, I went to high school and, and I never went home again, Jono. I, wow. uh, I stayed with my aunt. I know I stayed with my aunt. I finished high school I, for sports. I played tennis and uh, I became engaged huh. to my childhood sweetheart in my junior year of high school. And, uh, and I married, I, and I married her. This is an interesting story, I guess, when I thinking back on it, mm. uh, we got married right after high school in 1972. That wow. kind of gives away my age, I guess. But I know, and I, we got married June seventeenth, nineteen seventy-two, and that date, that date might not mean much to too many people, but it, and at the time it didn't mean a lot to us, other than the fact that we were getting married. But the um, about a year later, uh, we found out that almost the exact moment we were getting married, uh, G. Gordon Liddy and E. Howard Hunt were breaking into the Watergate Hotel. Oh wow! Um, that was, I know. So it was the it, you know. At the moment we were getting married, it was it was the seed of the the ruination of Richard Nixon's presidency in the United <laughs> States of America. So, very very interesting looking back on that. So, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and, that's incredible. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. And then I and then we went to college. Yeah, I, I uh, my my new bride, my uh, childhood sweetheart, who I married. We uh, we went to college, and uh, started started our college careers, and uh, uh, we went to a local liberal arts college the first year, and then transferred to a, a larger liberal arts school just south of Des Moines, Iowa, where we uh, we we went the next uh, three years for my for my wife then, and then four years for me, so a total of five years of college. And uh, I don't think I took college very seriously. Honestly, I spent most of my time playing tennis and uh, hanging out at the local bar. It was called Wrong Daddies. And uh, funny name. I, I know, I know. And and my so my side income was uh, shooting pool and uh, billiards and playing cribbage with the with the owner of the bar. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where I, I had my side hustle. And, uh, and my wife, uh, uh, Susan, she, she, uh, went to college full time and was a police dispatcher at night. Wow. And, uh, so we, we went through, uh, at the time I should have been graduating and, and, uh, Susan graduated. Uh, we went through a series of, uh, things, uh, personal things, personal mm. life. And, uh, eventually, um, at the end of my fifth year of college, uh, we we divorced, and oh, wow. the, I'm not not proud of that time. And I, I will just tell you that that the the responsibility for the for the collapse of of my early, of my marriage was uh, it was all my fault. I won't go into the detail. Of that it's too embarrassing. But <laughs> it's the the um, mm. but but I will tell you. You could kind of imagine. I was I was young, and I, I spent my I spent my evenings at Wrong Daddy's. So you can kind of get the picture. Yeah. But the um, yeah. And uh, so what's very interesting about that, um, one of the last courses I took in school and college was an interim course uh, called From Roy and Jean to Bert and Ernie. And it had to do with children's literature, children's uh, media. And, hmm. uh, and in this one month, very intensive interim course, <clears throat> there was this lady, there was this lady in the class, there were probably about 25 of us. And she and I argued the entire time that we were in this course. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but we were very fascinated with, I think with each other, but we were just argued all the time about, uh, about the impact of children's literature on, uh, the, the lives and then the, 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 the full life of a child as they got older and everything. And, uh, very interesting relationship. And then, uh, went through the divorce and uh, um, 
and then one day across campus, um, well, actually before that, we, um, uh, we found ourselves, me and my first wife, and uh, her name was Judy, by the way, yeah. and, uh, and her husband, uh, we found ourselves in a marriage class uh, on <sighs> campus. And I think, I think both wives were trying to potentially save their marriage. And wow. uh, both of the husbands, me and her husband, we both left the class. And, uh, and Susan, first wife, and Judy, who became my second wife 45 years ago, uh, they, they became friends. <laughs> I know this is so bizarre. This is so bizarre. I, I very rarely told this story to people. But because I think most people, because we've been married now 45, year, 45 years this year, they think we've been, you know, they think it's a first marriage for both of us. Yeah, but that's, the, um, that's an incredible story. Yeah. So, so we've been married this year on November 5th. We'll have been married uh, 45 years. And we got married six months after my divorce finalized, approximately that, that long after hers finalized. And it's wow. been an amazing journey. You know? um, so we've had a, we had a, a great life. And uh, we, we kind of feel like we've just begun. <laughs> uh, full of energy. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that frustrates me most about uh, Western culture mm. is the way in, in general, uh, the elderly are devalued. Yeah, you I know, agree. They, they aren't, put, yeah, they, they, they aren't respected for their, uh, you know, for their experience, uh, for the wisdom that they've, they've gained uh, going through the trials and tribulations of just regular life. Mm. And, uh, it's not like, it's not like Japan and it's not like, uh, uh, native American culture where, uh, the elderly are revered. Yeah. And, uh, and I find that kind of, uh, I find that tough to deal with. And, uh, but maybe, you know, maybe some of us, uh, quote older people, I don't feel old, but maybe some <laughs> of us that are getting up there, uh, maybe we can change some of those views by just, uh, simply putting ourselves out there and, and uh, and not being you know, not not wanting to fade off into the rocking chair on the porch somewhere and and actually, you know, help to, you know, maybe make some changes and impact the world a little bit. I think I think we're here to help other people and love other people and and to, you know, use our experience and wisdom to, you know, to help people uh, not step on the landmines of life and help other people get, you know, get through their challenges. So I think that's one of the things we're, we're here on Earth to do. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's, uh, I married into a Greek family. And that one of the things I love about the Greek, uh, sort of the way they often do family as a culture is they, they do a really good job with, uh, with the elderly. Um, that's, that's one thing that I love about, uh, about my Greek family. Um, so, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, that was such a wonderful story for you to share. And I know this might sound like a, a strange, um, question, but I love chatting with leaders about exactly these sort of things. When we think leadership, we think strategy and we think, um, you know, uh, the, the sales targets or, you know, whatever it is like that. But leadership is about the people, uh, not only who we are, but then the people we lead. So I want to ask you that when you were younger and you went through that, which is, uh, must've been a very formative few years and obviously very disruptive for you and like you said there was a lot there was a lot going on and it's incredible what's come out of it your your um uh you know 45 years with with your with your now wife uh, but what did you learn in those years that um i guess was also formed in you that you've now applied in the business world oh um that's <laughs> Uh, I, I would say, you know, to not overthink, uh, you know, people tend to overthink. I think, you know, we, we, we navel gaze, we overthink, um, we, we make perceived problems much, much larger than what they really are. And, uh, and then through that, through, through our imagination and through our, I don't know, our tendency to, to uh, uh, exaggerate the challenges, the problems, the difficulties. Uh, I think we make the, we make bad decisions. Mm. And, 
And I, I think I would say it because I, you know, the, the, the end of my first marriage happened because I really, uh, I really kept things inside and I, and I exaggerated things in my head that I shouldn't have been, I sh- just shouldn't have done. Mm. And, uh, and uh, so that, that, that led to some, that led to some very, very poor decision-making. And uh, so I've, and I've made, I've made other mistakes like that uh, along the way, but I, I see this happening. I think it's a very common thing for people to do, to, um, to live within themselves, their own challenges, their own difficulties. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the, um, one of the, uh, I don't know, you call it, I guess you'd call it a, uh, a practice or a, an exercise that we used to do uh, when eventually I, I met some, some great worldwide leaders like Zig Ziglar, one of the practices we do when we get in small groups is we would have like, if you're 20, 30, 40 people present, we would have everybody write their top five challenges, uh, top five problems, let's call them on yep. a piece of paper. And, and then you'd, you'd fold them up and you, everybody put their five problems or their, their big challenges into a hat and you'd pass it around. Everybody pull out somebody else's problems at random, and uh, and inevitably you'd always find out that everybody wanted their own problems, own challenges back. You 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 didn't want the other person's because even though, you, but so so without knowing what other people are going through, it's like we think we're going through the worst thing ever. Yeah, and it's just every, everybody's got their stuff that they have to go through and, uh, and we become comfortable with our own problems, our own issues. Uh, and, uh, I know that maybe that's good or bad, but it's, uh, we do spend far, far more time than we should, I think, dwelling on them, thinking about them yeah. when often the answer, the, the answer for getting rid of our issues, our problems, our stalemates in life is to get outside ourselves and start helping other people, get over, get over their issues. You know, Zig Ziglar, my favorite phrase from Zig Ziglar and all the years I spent with him is, uh, you'll have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Mm, and, um, that's so good. Such a basic, simple, basic, simple concept. Absolutely true. And the more you, the more you, uh, I guess, sell out, the more you involve yourself in helping other people, it's amazing how your own issues and problems melt away. <laughs> yeah, I uh, before we started recording, I was telling you how much I love Zig Ziglar's work uh, because for me, when I found myself in a uh, in a business development sales role, and I was very uncomfortable with the the way that it was a very transactional sales, a very new business transactional, and so obviously very like very challenging. And I kept thinking there must be more, there must be another way to do this that has more depth to it. And that's when I discovered Zig Ziglar and I just loved um, I, his his different work around sales and around asking questions and around really, um, yes. really getting to like, getting to know people and, and going sort of deeper in that. I found that was, that was actually really pivotal for me. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, I just learned a lot about listening, asking the right questions, and uh, and again, getting outside yourself. You know, I, I just was, you know, Zig Ziglar's story by itself is an amazing story. And uh, you know, he was a he was an overweight, out of shape, unhealthy, pot and pan door to door salesman. You know, for for many many years, and. Uh, and yeah, and, and when you, you know, people who uh, know of Zig Ziglar in his, the height of his uh, uh, motivational speaking, personal development days, it's, you know, if you didn't know his history, it, it, it's hard to even understand that. But, uh, but he, he came from some, you know, some tough, uh, he had a tough background. He also had a lot of health issues most of his adult life. So oh, wow. he didn't dwell on those things. Yeah. He just didn't dwell on them. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, uh, so just one of, the, one of the most extremely positive people I've ever met in my life. And I, I like to surround myself with positive people. I just don't have time for negative, 
for negative people that look at everything that, you know, they find a problem, you know, from every, you know, they, they see a problem for every solution. I, I just, I don't have time for those people anymore. Uh, I, I love collaborating with people that want to move forward, find solutions, um, uh, team up, think positively, you know, find a way to get around it. You know, that's really Rhino Advantage, the name of our uh, of our corporation. Uh, it has a lot to do with that. I'm a very visual person. So um, yeah. I think most people are very visual at, at you know, very basically visual. But um, my, um, the, the, the book, uh, a book that really, a very simple little book that really changed my life uh, back in about 1990, 1988, 89, 90, about the same time I, I met Zig Ziglar for the first time, but uh, written by a gentleman by the name of Scott Alexander. I highly recommend, highly recommend that people go to um, Amazon yep. and find, uh, uh, find Rhinoceros Success and uh, by Scott Alexander and order that book. I don't know if you've, you've, uh, read that book or seen that book, John. Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I I haven't come across that, but that's great. I I love a good um, book recommendation. Thank you. That's, that's really handy. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a very simple book. At the time I read it, I will tell you that, and this is a mistake. Another, another challenge for people when they get out of college is I think a lot of, uh, a lot of human beings decide, Okay, I've done all the reading I'm going to do for my life. Yeah. I, you know, yes, it's like now I'm now I can stop reading. You know, I'm out of college, I'm in the work world. I don't have to read anymore, and I, I was just like that. And so, so, um, uh, and I've been out of school in 1990, what, uh, 13 years or so, and uh, I hadn't read much of anything other than you know, a quick glance at a magazine or a newspaper. I hadn't read any um, uh, books uh, com- of any complexity whatsoever. And so the first book that I really was able to absorb, and when you, if you get the book and read it, you'll laugh because you'll think this is the book he, he had to read to get back into reading. Yep, that was. And uh, it's just a very simple book. It, it, um, uh, Scott Alexander's wife does the the, the illustrations. Yeah, uh, you can read it in an hour and a half. <laughs> I love that. Or an hour, maybe. Yeah, it's very fast, and it's the perfect book for people that want to be inspired and motivated, and have have not been exercising their reading muscles for a lot of years. Um, and I think that's uh, it just, great, it though, Jeff. I think we, I think we need. I think people need to be encouraged. You know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the the real breakthrough for me, which talk about sounding silly around books, and I I have a friend who we always pay we always pay each other out about it because we we often watch these together. But we watch book summaries on YouTube, and I know that sounds it sounds so funny, but for me, I I have found I guess if I'm going to try to um uh. I, I struggle unless a book I, I really feel is it, like exceptionally helpful. That's why I love these recommendations because when you're recommending that book as, you know, such a big influence on your life, I know that it's it's worth, um, you know, going and looking at. But for a lot of the time, I will go on YouTube and watch animated book summaries, particularly with a, a mate of mine, Dan, uh, who's now in Tasmania in Australia. And so we will we'll actually go on a, a Zoom call, a FaceTime call and watch um, – we actually watched one today earlier and it's just a bit of a, a hobby of ours. And the funny thing is it's they're 10 minutes long, but every now and then probably one in one in 20 will capture me and I'll be like that I have to. And now I'm that book. I'll then read that book 10 times because that's the sort of, but it's exposing me to all these new books. So I think, I think your approach of saying, Ah, oh, you know, finding this book to get back into reading. I think there would be so many people and leaders out there who should be encouraged to go and pick up that book that you recommended, or do what I do and jump on YouTube and watch some book summaries. and And don't be afraid to sound and look a bit silly because you're, you know, you're watching a book summary. It does sound a bit silly, but it's honestly revolutionised the way I I live because I feel like I'm getting so much more richness from 
from reading and 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 learning different things that otherwise if you don't read you don't you don't stumble across yeah no i i really agree with that it's uh same reason i like to listen to you know maybe the more um uh well-known podcast uh you know um trying to think uh, jordan peterson i'm listening to him quite a bit these days and and uh oh um rogan yeah listen to his podcast and and just there are a lot of them uh the comedian i can't think of his name right now the english uh comedian has a good one i I pick up now and there listen to but you're right and in listening and often in these podcasts uh the uh uh the conversation turns to books and Mm. uh and often often you get a little bit of a summary of a book uh, sometimes enough of a tease to actually buy the book or get the book or order the book <laughs> and read the book. And, uh, and I, I think nothing wrong with that. I, th- that's, 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 uh, I think that's great. And we should always be learning and moving forward. And that's, you know, uh, you know we have that computer. God gave us that computer in our head, you know, not, not, not to, not to let it just kind of, uh, you know, fade away, but to keep uh, exercising it and, and putting new, you know, downloading new software and, and uh, <laughs> learning more. I, that's what we should be doing, you know, not not resting on our laurels and thinking, oh, we we know it all now. We've we've learned everything. We're um, yeah. I don't know. It's a, yeah. I think we're in a constant state of learning. Or it, we're either we're either growing and and learning, or we're dying and getting dumber. That's really <laughs> that's the truth of it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's well said. Well. Uh, what I'd love to do is do uh, Leadership Express and find out about uh, actually one question that I have to ask because I love Zig Ziglar so much. Um, before we jump into Leadership Express, do you have any favorite Zig Ziglar stories of um, uh, anything you did with him or or just an, any anecdotes just as uh, someone who I, I just love so much? I, I can't help but ask knowing that you actually uh, you know had the chance to meet him. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one of the one of the things that stand out, and uh, yeah, it was just you know what really stood out for me with uh, Zig was just his his energy level. He was you know he had that kind of drawl when he spoke, especially on stage, and uh, so people I think people assumed he was kind of a relatively slow moving guy, but backstage <laughs> and off the stage, the guy moved fast. I mean, he was he was full of energy, full of life. And, uh, and I think just in general, that that's the that's the important thing to to understand about Zig was his his energy level, quick, uh, very, very quick wit. But he was a, he was just a great listener. So um, <laughs> and again, I think you know, because he he was so full of stories and he always tied those stories, you know, into um, into a lesson, uh, a motivational lesson, um, personal development lesson eventually. No matter how long the story took, you remember the, his old pump handle thing where you'd prime the pump. And we talk about priming the pump, and yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and and eventually the water would come. And I, that, I, that that always hit me. That always struck me because my grandma back in Iowa had a pump like that, even though she lived in the city, and uh, and she had water, but she had a great well, and you go out and just work exactly like that. You'd pump and pump. You'd pump that handle, pump that handle. And you'd have to keep at it for a while before the water actually started. And uh, it was just the greatest water. It was just so cold and clean and crisp and cold. But you, <laughs> you had to work at it to finally get it up, you know, to finally get it to come out. And uh, and I think that's just a great analogy for what we should do in life. You know, what we need to do in life to actually achieve great results is be willing, be willing to, you know, pump that handle, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and not expect not expect instantaneous uh, results. You just yes. got to stay at it for a while. You know, what's the old <laughs> saying? Quitters never win. Winners never quit. You know? Yeah. That's a, it's funny because I mentioned the, uh, that just today I was watching this book summary. Um, and so I've mentioned these guys before, uh, Nathan and the team at productivity game on YouTube, they do incredible videos. Um, he's fantastic, but um the one today, I think it was the culture code and they talked about the uh, San Francisco basketball team um, 
or no, South San Francisco. This is me being very Australian. San Antonio Spurs. There we go. Um, for for the sports fans, apologies. <laughs> um, and they had this. Yes. They had uh, up on the wall. Um, they had this idea of pound the rock. And it's very similar to what you're saying about um, priming the pump because their idea of pound the rock was let's like keep striking one, two, three, four, 10, 20, 90, 100. And the 101st strike where the rock breaks, you know that it broke because of the first 100 where you didn't see anything happen. And, um, and you just reminded me of that with your story about priming the pump, that if you just keep working at it, the water will flow. Um, but it's, it's just such a good life lesson and, and such, a good, uh, such a good quote and such a good thought, Jeff. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and uh, you know, the, the modern attention span is almost non-existent. And that's, that's for people listening or doing it's like we we expect instantaneous results and life doesn't really work that way yeah it yeah. doesn't matter if you're a farmer planting crops uh or a person uh planting a thought uh or building a relationship with a significant other you know these things all take time and uh and you you visualize where you want to go and visualize what you want it to look like and then you you put the effort in and it's, it is it's like you said john o you know, it's priming the pump. You've got to be willing to do that work uh, with faith and belief that the results will come. So that's, I think that's a, that's a secret to a lot of people's great success. I don't care if you're Bill Gates or um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg or uh, who's the guy that does Amazon. I always forget his name. Uh, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Why can't I think of his name? You know, in the, (laughs) People don't realize that in the very beginning of those companies, those people went through a lot and took a long time to get to, you know, to get to a level of success. They just had to stay with it. They had to, they had to, they had to prime the pump and they had to keep working at it and uh, diligently without much reward for a long, long, long time. So, um, well, said. people, I think it, uh, yeah, their attention span is not very good. So work at your attention span, I guess, stay with it. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, thoughts, which I've I've shared before on the podcast, is a John Maxwell saying, which is, um, if you spend enough time, if you spend a day with a successful person, what you'll end up saying once the day finishes is, that's why they're so successful, and that's always <laughs> stuck with me. Um, and I think even more so, if you could go back in time and spend a day with Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, you know, any of these, any of these. Um, leaders when they were building the company and and they were you know they were an, they were an unknown i think it would be the same and you, you hit the nail on the head spend a day with them when they were building it and you'd go you'd go to bed that night going okay well that's why, that's why they're going to be so successful because they put in the work um and that's you can't go there's a lot that you want to add to that but that's that there is such a truth in that particularly for the generations coming through uh where we we sometimes call people an, an overnight success or even more dangerously when someone is an overnight success and then you go oh that's such the exception though 99.999% of the time it's years and sometimes decades of priming the pump and of pounding the rock before you end up where people go oh yeah look they're doing incredible things now it's an overnight success yeah per- uh, persistence and determination are king and uh and how many how many people do you know that inherited their father's or mother's business, and never really put much work in, but they inherited it, and it it uh, not only did it mess up the business, but often messed up the life of the person that inherited it. Yeah. So it's because they didn't do the work. So there, there are so many lessons to to the value of hard work and priming the pump, doing what you need to do, and be willing to be patient with yourself while you're going at it, doing it knowing that the reward's going to come. Yeah, that's great, Jeff. Well, let's, uh, as we sort of wrap up, let's jump in and do a few of the Leadership Express questions. Are you ready? Sure. You've already given us one fantastic book recommendation, but let me ask you for another one. What's another book that you've gifted a lot to other people? Well, I, I can think of two that just pop right into my mind yeah, immediately. Yeah, one, one is, and what one is the, is known by everybody, but few people really read it properly. And that's how to win friends and influence people. 
Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and the way to read that book is a chapter, a chapter a week, study it. And then when you get through the book, read it again, mm. um, uh, ch a chapter a week. You don't have to go through it quickly, go through it slowly, really digest it. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, like I said, chapter a week's the best way to do it. it took me a long time to understand that and to reread yeah. it that way. But, but the value of it will be seen when you're able to do that, I think, you know, the, the real value. That's and, great uh, and then the other book that popped right into my, yeah, the other book that popped right into my mind right away is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And I, uh, I would recommend, I haven't read that one. I would re recommend that very, very highly to everybody to read that book. And, and matter of fact, it might, it, it almost, I don't usually recommend audio books really, but yep. uh, the audio version of that is really, really cool because, because of the, the, the person's voice that does the devil. <laughs> I just love this you have to listen to it to understand, but it, uh, the devil's got a great, a great, tone to his voice so it's pretty cool <laughs> i love that recommendation for so many reasons that's great napoleon hill <laughs> wonderful uh what is a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of uh it, it, it's better to you know i think that um one is you know it, there's actually there's two that come to mind when you say that too and that is to quit talking so much and and just listen better. Listen, listen more. Mm. Don't always be so so eager to talk. Um, I, I people that know me know me as a talker. I, I love talking, and uh, I admit it. I love to talk, and uh, but I I think I think I help people and I gain more myself when I when I don't talk quite as much and I just listen better. And uh, um. The other is to um, uh, when I do when I do speak when I'm actually uh, maybe in conversation or e even in text form when I am trying to attract a person that I want to work with um, to to realize I'm not trying to convince or talk somebody into having a, a, a work relationship or a business relationship with me I'm really looking for somebody that wants to join me. And, and I, I, I'm very, very careful about not, um, not trying to convince somebody, you know, to become, uh, my partner, my business partner, my client, my customer. I, I really want them to want that. I don't want to talk them into it. And, uh, so it, it's using the language and, and having a manner that allows that to happen. Yeah, that's, uh, that's wonderful advice. And, you know, as you were talking about listening, not talking so much, we often, we often hear the phrase, uh, or, you know, the saying that, um, there's a reason we have, you know, two ears and one mouth, but, uh, I was just thinking about how, uh, what is it? The, the percentage of our communication that is nonverbal, which is something like 93%. Um, it's very high. It, it's, it's, uh, it always, every time I see the statistic, I, if I'm wrong, um, it, I, I'll have to uh, look it up, but it's something up there. It's so high that is what's nonverbal as well. And it's interesting. We have all those senses, right? We have our eyes, uh, we can, we can hear and, and then, um, uh, smell and, and touch and, uh, you know, and, and taste. And it's interesting that, um, <laughs> excuse me, just uh, swallowed the wrong way. It's interesting that maybe it's not two to one. Maybe it's more than that. Um, the ratio of listening to speaking or the ratio of not speaking to speaking and actually just taking in. <coughs> Excuse yes. me. Yes. No, I, uh, yeah. Uh, are you, are you okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I am alive. Yeah. I'm just, uh, sometimes <laughs> I might be able to do a podcast, but just being able to swallow my saliva as a normal person is sometimes a challenge. <laughs> no. uh, okay. Next question. Yeah, that's right. The next question. Let me see. Uh, what is a great piece of advice you've received? Oh, wow. Wow. That's, uh, I've, 
I've received so much good advice in my life. I was telling somebody the other day that I've, I've been able to be around so many great leaders and mentors and, and coaches in my life. You, you kind of wonder why I'm not some multi-billionaire genius sitting on a hill, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, really, but uh, just a, a lot of advice. But I think really, you know, the uh, some of the best advice is, you know, n- never be the smartest guy in the room, hmm. uh, you know, because if you're the smartest one, you can't learn anything. And uh, um, surround yourself with people that you want to aspire to. You know, you, you, be, mm. you do become like the books you you do become like the books you read and the people you hang out with that. That's just a true fact. Yeah. And, uh, you can take, you can take the, if you're, if income's your goal, then find, find 10 people somehow find 10 people that, uh, that have approximately that income and find a way to hang out with them. You'll eventually, you'll eventually mirror that income. If, if it's lifestyle or it's time, you know, um, if it's um, uh, a, a sense of charity that people have, whatever it is that you aspire to, find people that have those attributes. Find five or ten of those people and find a way to spend time with them. And you'll and you spend enough time with them, you'll eventually absorb, you know, who they are and those aspects of them that you would like to be more like. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's very true. And, and a great starting point is to, I, I love biographies and autobiographies and read, read a biography of someone, you know, but the Steve Jobs uh, biography yes. um, by Walter Isaacson is one of my favorite books of all time. And I laughed out loud multiple times reading yeah. that book. And, and um, I wouldn't call Steve Jobs the perfect leader, but I learned so much from his life reading that book and, um, I think that's a great place to start, but I also love that challenge. That's a really great personal challenge that probably beats 99% of other New Year's resolutions is, okay, go and actually find 10 people that you would aspire to be and, and hang out with them and watch what happens. Yeah, find a way to do it. You may have to earn your way into their into their sphere, into their world, but it's worth doing. Uh, otherwise, you, 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 there's a tendency uh, for us to just spend time with the same people we've always spent time with. And those are usually people that we think we can impress because <laughs> <laughs> we feel comfortable around those people and uh, we, we can influence them easily. And so the trouble is that it doesn't inspire growth or change. Mm. And uh, so that, that's just a problem. That's so good. Um What's a big struggle or problem that you're seeing, you know, CEOs and executives and leaders that, that you that you work with, that you have around your life? What's a big problem or challenge that you're seeing them um, experiencing today? Lack of adaptability. Very, very easy to answer that. Um, mm. uh, companies and people, companies and people, uh, a part of a company's personality and a part of an individual's personality that uh, should always, a muscle that should always be strengthened is uh, is uh, your adaptability. And adaptability is one of those things that you can influence more by reading, by thinking, by exercising things that, than you can other parts of your personality, which are often formed by the time you're five or six year old, you know, five or six years old. But adaptability yeah. is one of those things. If you read, if you read books about personality development, uh, you will find that adaptability is one of those things. You can actually, you can actually change it. You can actually modify it quite, quite a lot. And so learning to be adaptable and uh, uh, not, again, kind of goes back to one of those earlier points I made about overreacting to things. Um, and mm. uh uh, but d- just learning to be adaptable, you know, t- take it, take it, you know, maybe uh, stand back from uh, a crisis or stand back from a challenge and think a little bit, take a deep breath, you know, go for a walk, seek some advice from some of those people you've started to associate with who are smarter than you, wiser than you, richer than you, that seem to have their act together better than you. Maybe seek their counsel and advice and uh, and not be so uh, quick 
to react to, um, you know, what it is that's happening. Unless you, you know, if you have, sometimes you have to react fast, but, you know, most often you don't. So it's, 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 you know, take some time to think and seek advice and, and good counsel. And, uh, uh, and I, th- I think that, that, that will serve people well to do that. I couldn't agree more. Um, wonderful advice. Last question. If you were sitting down over a coffee with a young leader, just starting out, uh, just in their either in a, in a sort of uh, individual contributor sort of role, but really feeling passionate about starting their own thing on the side, or maybe they've just gotten an opportunity to start leading people and they're going, oh, wow, okay, I'm a bit overwhelmed. What would be one piece of advice you'd give to a young leader? Uh, well, I, I, would, I think the main thing is don't stop learning. Uh, be, be, you know, remain intensely curious, uh, be, be eclectic in your interest. You never know in the world we live in how, um, different solutions might come from totally unexpected places. And, uh, uh, I would just say, don't close yourself off to other possibilities outside of maybe your immediate experiences that have led you to where you're at. Um. I just, I, 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 you know, um, I think when you get these outside sources, outside uh, resources coming in that you can, uh, by reading, by listening to podcasts, by, by, uh, by associating with people that uh, are successful, more successful than you even, I think, I think solutions will come to mind. New concepts will start to occur. And we live in a world now where everything is shifting and changing. The world's a little bit crazy right now. Probably always is crazy. Probably always seems like it's crazy to, to the current generation, but it's certainly speeded up. And and the the old the old analog world we used to live in is really shifting to the web really fast. Yeah. Uh, and we we laugh about the robots taking over, but they kind of are. And uh, <laughs> so it's how do we fit into the how do we fit into that world? And uh, and to fit in best and to get it, you know, to take as much control and have as much success as possible. I think it's keep an open mind, be very curious, explore different things and uh, associate with, uh, with winners, with people that uh, have a lot of success, hopefully more success than you have and, and learn from those things. I think that'd be my best advice. That's fantastic advice. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. And uh, for people who want to connect with you and, and maybe thank you for something you've shared today that might have really uh, had an impact on them or just want to connect online, LinkedIn, et cetera, what's the best place to to find you online? Uh, they, they can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, I'm on, like, really all social media. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to uh, connect with anybody that wants to reach out and connect and and I, I love building relationships and, and seeing where that might lead. So that's that's one of my favorite things to do. So, yeah, just reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm on lots of different uh, social media. And I'm happy to uh, talk to anybody. They, they can always reach me through an email address. I don't know if that's okay to give that out. Yeah, Jono. go for it. Yeah, go for but, it. Yeah, Jeff, pretty easy. Jeff at rhinoadvantage.com. It's <laughs> a long one, but Jeff at rhinoadvantage.com is my corporate email. And, uh, and th- those emails that come in on that, on that email address are kind of segregated so I can, I can see who those people are right away. And yeah. uh, so I, I'd love to communicate with anybody that wants to reach out. I'm happy to do it. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I appreciate that. And you never know. I always say that, Whenever I'm uh, doing this podcast, I'm always imagining the person driving, you know, driving on their way to work, questioning, why am I doing this job? Or they've got a big project and they're completely stuck. And then, you know, Jeff mentions uh, this this book. Uh, Is it Scott Alexander? Is that, is that the, yes. Yeah. You, you know, you mentioned a book and they go, that could be it. They go and read it and it changes everything and they're able to actually overcome that. And I, I always, uh, I just love thinking of the people who will be just tuning in on another day, but maybe this is their, this is a big day for them to hear something you shared. So, um, uh, 
I, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. I know it's been brilliant today. Uh, Jeff's just uh, the, the story so vulnerably sharing from, from earlier in his life, but then also heaps of great recommendations and books. Um, for our listeners, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast where I give you more traditional you know, tips on, on employee well-being and casting vision and um, how to build a great workplace culture and the leadership question of the day where I put a stone in your shoe with a different question every day. Uh, so check those out. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Jeff for being so generous with your time. And uh, it's probably good for listeners to know that it is midnight where you are. So you're not only being generous with your time, you're being very generous for doing uh, doing a podcast at this time of the day. Uh, but you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know um, it's the middle of the night. It's uh, You're full of energy and your wisdom is uh, it's just been really great and so many good recommendations. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for coming on, Jeff. Oh, you're very welcome, John. I, I enjoyed myself and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders and you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. 
I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.